0: How do you know that the Earth is a globe? Because we went up into fucking space and we took a picture of it!
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to an instrument and an Irishman Go to the Movies, the podcast that are going to destroy your world, whether you acknowledge it or not. I'm Ian and with me, as always, is the man that has all the money and influence, but would still charge you for free food regardless. It's Sean Ferrick! Uh, with interest. With interest, yes. yeah. <laughs> for the five seconds it took you to go from the canteen, the English-Irish canteen, to the waiting room where I'm waiting, you would charge me five seconds We've
0: added to three seconds. Okay, Grant, I'll have to readjust my rates. <laughs> nice. How are you? How was your New Year? It's
1: 2022.
0: It is indeed. It isn't he? This is the second thing I have recorded <laughs> for 2022. The first was Doctor Who last night, this is the second.
1: Right, I thought you were going to say this is the second day of 2022 and I was like, yay, well done, <laughs> It actually is, it actually Somebody is. Somebody taught you numbers. Um, but yeah, did they? fun. Did they?
0: Um, I don't know. Yeah. How was your New Year's Eve?
1: Fireworky. the bastards were setting off fireworks from, um, like, or in the afternoon onwards, it's ridiculous. Fortunately, there's not a little puppy anymore to get scared of it, but um, it's still fucking annoying.
0: That is sad, but I do have I have a tiny amount of... I, I agree. Fireworks, I mean, great in theory, for the love of God, think of the pets, but yeah. I can understand that the feeling going around everyone at the end of 2021 was pretty much the same that went through the galaxy at the end for Return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? Like We need to celebrate. The evil has died.
1: Yeah, but it hasn't. Why do I talk to you? Why? (laughs) It's dumb to think that 2020... Like, you can make a better year, but they're not. Like, people are still going to be stupid and not get vaxxed, and it's still going to be a tricky year for the virus. It's not like, hey, January 1st is here, so COVID decided, nah. It's still fucking here. It doesn't care that it's a new year.
0: I may have alluded to this several times, but this podcast Uh stopped being fun a few months ago. Let's get to the news... (laughs) It lasted that long.
1: To hear the news.
0: News team. Assemble!
1: Yes, Betty White died. Yes. Um, um, um pure Hollywood icon the year. Uh-huh. Um,
0: yeah. yes, December you couldn't let us have that. Uh, what has been obviously very sad. Now she lived a hell of a life. So yeah. I mean, ninety nine is a as as good an age I think as we can it's a hope great for. Great age. Yeah. And the tributes have been amazing. I mean, yeah. she obviously touched so many lives. She brought so many smiles. I was never um, I never watched Golden Girls myself, uh, no. which apparently puts me in the extreme minority for anyone who flies under the Alphabet Mafia. Yes yeah um I know Albie will be listening to this uh, probably quoting episodes uh, of the Golden Girls just even thinking:
1: I think he's only recently started watching it though I think it was this year that he started
0: Did this I, I know yeah. he's on a, I'm sorry I know he's on a rewatch it with these four seasons in I think anyway he's because uh, every day I'm getting memes and nice. it's quite fun nice um and just yesterday somebody posted the clip of Betty White roasting William Shatner Have you watched that yet?
1: Oh, I haven't. It's oh, is it good? Brilliant!
0: It's brilliant. It's really, good. really funny. Oh, um, there's ever a man that needed roasting
1: as well uh, by Betty White. That's
0: awesome because it's both incredibly scathing and so wholesome. Because it's Betty oh, White. I love it. Oh, that's yeah. great. It's very well done. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw I saw one today. This no, this is just a um, or sorry, this is a TikTok. It, it's quite funny and it's God talking to the angels and. God, calls Sorry, oh, did you did you pick up that old white lady? I, I asked you to get. Was... Did you did you see this this morning? It's... <laughs> are the angel's really proud of themselves, going, Yeah, yeah. She's standing outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems a bit mean to you know get a get a 99-year-old. What are you talking about? The queen's 95. <laughs> what? Did you take Betty White? I'm so sorry. <laughs> give me give me I... the halo and give me your robes. It's very yeah. warm where you're going.
1: I <laughs> Said the queen, not the queen. Oh, uh-huh. uh, it's so funny. It's
0: uh, it. Yeah, Benny White, rest in peace. Um, Bless her. Yeah. yeah. Any news for me, Ian? Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> 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 apparently,
1: that look, we're really tired. Give, give us a minute. Um, uh, Venom actually had a scene in the finale of No Way Home. I don't know if that's news or just something worth talking about. But yeah, apparently it did. This comes straight from um one of the uh the writers chris mckenna and eric summers um and he was there like i think he was i think i actually predicted that he was just going to turn up in the finale like not much explanation just venom will be there and just be a nuisance and just decide oh, Tom holland i don't like you oh. i don't know why my venom sounds like boris johnson but he does um but yeah they decided that that was going to be too busy it was too much it was too hard to explain how he got there and totally agree. Would have been awesome, but 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 I kind of think Venom's like a bonkers enough movie to us not need for us to not need an
0: explanation.
1: He just could have like turned up and been like,
0: ah, punch, I, and then ah, I'm gone. I totally if it was a Venom movie, I totally agree. But mm. for Spider-Man No Way Home, including Venom, even though it's exactly the same character, um, yeah, it would it would have been too much. You no, know, and I, I like what we got. Um, the big m- credits was fun uh, yeah. just, it's funny just just this morning um, we were talking about just cut scenes uh, randomly this interview with Shailene Woodley came up on my YouTube and this was obviously while she was making one of the Divergent films now she was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 but nobody saw her because she was cut she was MJ uh, she oh, had four yes, scenes yes
1: of course yeah
0: and I mean, obviously, this was filmed a while ago because they were the interviewer said, um, "Well, I say a while ago." This was filmed presumably around the time Amazing Spider-Man Two was re- was released. Uh, Probably because interviewer says, "Can you talk about you know what what happened?" And she's so like you know, Sony have made a brilliant decision. It's one of the best scripts I've ever written in my, read in my life. Uh, they they took her because it was busy, but I think they're holding her off for the next film.
1: Oh, oh
0: no! Oh, oh. no! Oh, that oh, I'm didn't so age sorry. Well. Uh, no, I think she's doing so. okay, but it was like,
1: oh. Yeah. Well, that's my favourite rumor: that, that Spider-Man, um, that the Sony are keen to do an Amazing Spider-Man three. Apparently, I'd be very happy. Yeah, they're in talks to do that with Andrew Garfield. Um, I don't believe for a second that's going to happen, but no. I also didn't believe that would have three generations of Spider-Man on the screen at once. So, what do I know? But hey, it's not impossible. But I don't know why when. Because that would mean potentially releasing an amazing Spider-Man film and a Spider-Man something something Home subtitle film in the same year. Yeah. you would have Tom Holland and Garfield at the same time.
0: Um, Multiverse much. but yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, I don't would enjoy win. the films, but yeah. where what would the story be? And, it's gonna oh, confuse it the that, shit out of people. You know, right. oh, someone yeah. dies. Right, I watch the other Spider-Man.
1: I mean, um, can you imagine if they picked up with Andrew Garfield like where he is now? So with the time that's passed. So maybe he's <laughs> dealing spider. with all of the people that he's murdered, and it's like, well, I'm I'm going to stop murdering people now, but yeah. I've made a few enemies.
0: The name on my birth is Peter Parker, but I actually go by <laughs> Thomas Wayne these days.
1: Oh yes,
0: oh man, that'd be so good.
1: Uh, that DC, I, the DC crossover with Marvel will happen in our lifetime.
0: Uh, eventually, it will. I think it. Uh, it oh, Disney will, will just buy DC. Well, I'm amazed they haven't, to be honest. Um, you have, is it? Is it a, is it a show? Is it a special? Is it a documentary? You have something to recommend this week. You, I saw the trailer and it looks fascinating. I know nothing about it.
1: Yeah. So, um, I desperately, desperately want to talk about this film, but I can't talk about it because it will spoil it. So it's okay. called In and of itself, which is a stupidly vague title. But um, yeah, Derek Delgardo's In and of itself. So the closest thing I can relate it to is a Darren Brown special so it is a magic show that's recorded um he's on stage he has a stage show and it's recorded bits of it are recorded just him on his own and bits of it are recorded with an audience but it's actually a selection of audiences so it was performed 552 times and yeah it is clips not clips but it's cut from some of those performances so sometimes the audience will change um but yeah it's brilliant so it's not a magic show like penn and teller or anything like that it's much more Darren brown so there's there's stories that we've through the special and there's obviously magic in it as well but it is incredible i don't know how he did most of the tricks and that's the point but the stories are incredibly intense so so good it's not a comedy by any stretch it is it's super serious, but it is amazing, and it will make you. Guarantee it'll make you watch it. It's on Disney Plus for anybody okay. that has Disney Plus.
0: Very nice, very nice. Uh, I I absolutely like. We can't talk more about it. I will watch it, um, and we will discuss it when we can. Um, for the Hoovians out there, um, the New Year special aired last night. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> low, st- low stakes, fake. and <laughs> yeah. what? Just way you like.
1: I enjoyed it. That doesn't mean it was good. <laughs> that means you well, think it's bad, but you still liked it.
0: No, no, no. no. I definitely don't think it's bad. I think we're... You can almost feel the... This is the harshest thing I'll say about it. You can almost feel them running out the clock.
1: Uh, which but, is what it feels like they've been doing but, since season two.
0: Um, I think there, there's a the little bit of... of you, you were saying... Uh, I can't remember what the context was last uh, last uh, episode, but you were saying about like when shows start without a plan. Now I don't mean Doctor Who as a whole, mm-hmm. but I uh, mean, Lost. A, we were talking about yeah. I mean a bit of this era. It yeah, kind of, mm, uh-huh. kind of like, uh, it's a good it's a good standalone episode. Um, and Ashling B, who is kind of the lead guest in it, Oh, she's brilliant. Oh, I, is I she in? Her. Is she in it? She's the le- Yeah, she's the lead guest oh, I of need the to week. Watch this. I need oh, she's, she's
1: great. Oh no. Okay, that's a turning point for me with Doctor Who. I used to just watch Doctor Who because I wanted to watch Doctor Who. Now I'm watching it because there's a guest that I'm interested in.
0: That's sad. I get that. I get that. That's it's a sad. solid episode. You will enjoy it. Um, for anyone okay. who's been following along with kind of Flux and everything, John Bishop gets more to do in this episode. That was one of my criticisms of Flux. It was like, yeah. here's Dan! Oh, okay. That was
1: great. So Flux is finished, has not it? That, flux this is is, new. So Flux
0: is a six-episode standalone story. This is now... It's Another own special, okay. Um, and yes, yeah, so we have the Doctor Yaz and Dan mm-hmm. are the current trio in the TARDIS. Uh, Dan is much better in this episode, I think, than he was in most of Flux. Cool. Um, what else? Uh, Paulie McGlinn for Father Ted fans. Uh, Mrs. Doyle, she can. It's more of a cameo, really. You right. can feel lockdown on this episode. Oh right, they couldn't but get they hold make of it anyone. work for the st- nice. T- Someone whose name I may have just said is only in it via FaceTime, but it works for the context of the story. So it's kind got of, they, it. they saw their limitations and they went, <clears> right, <throat> this is what we'll do. Yeah, uh, Which is interesting because we're also locked down for Flux, but anyway.
1: Somehow got more people. Yeah. But, I yeah mean, who one, knows? It's good.
0: It's a solid episode. You, like, you will enjoy it. It's, it's a good hour okay, of television. cool.
1: Nice. Well, there's your Doctor Who news and everything else news. Should we talk about a- another um, bit of news, which is a film in the form of news? Segway uh, is running out of battery. It's don't look up. I
0: like that. I like <laughs> that. That was that was deftly hand moving on. Thank
1: you. Uh, it was like Segway into a tree.
0: But... Segway oh, oh, oh you little Boland. Um so Don't Look Up. Okay. Anyone who's seen this film is going to hear the way we described oh, Okay, right. How how do you Ian, give give us the elevator pitch for Don't Look Up
1: <clears throat> Um Oof I <laughs> <laughs> if I was giving the elevator pitch based on the critics reviews, I would have to start with this is a satire. This is deliberately over the top and extreme, but only 5% more than reality. <laughs> <laughs> so this is about a meteor that is going to hit Earth and two um, astronomers find it. They tell the they tell NASA, they tell the government, they tell the press and no one gives no one gives a shit at all no one either believes them or no one believes it's serious enough or thinks they know better. And the film is about dealing with that. And it's a huge allegory for climate change and how uh, they didn't say it's an allegory for COVID, but it absolutely is. And how like, yeah, we've got this virus in front of us, um, but we're not going to do much about it. And we're not going to believe the science and whatever a celebrity says is more important than the science. Um, we're, We're more willing to follow behind William Shatner. Then we are an actual scientist because this man went to space.
0: That is true. William Shatner is not in, in this film. But. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, there there is no Shatner in this film.
1: Uh, but yeah, that, that's the pitch. Like, um, and I think the critics so the critics' reviews have been bizarrely mixed on this film. Um, it is like straight down the middle between love it, love it, love it, and absolutely hate it. And I honestly think the people that hate it don't get it. And that's a horrible, horribly patronizing thing to say. But I, 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 I don't know because it's such a satire. And do we just not satire things anymore?
0: Well, I I want I want to say start this. we twenty minutes in. I want to start this episode by addressing that straight away because my initial I I said this to you nearly on the day. My initial uh, feedback for this film is it's too long. The first hour is dull. Uh, the second hour is much better, and the end credit scenes ruin the film. That was my initial reaction, <laughs> right? And then I went away. And I read a bunch of reviews, and you're right; the critics have been kicking the crap out of this film. Yeah. Uh, by, for example, what you're saying, like you know, it's too over the top, it's too heavy handed, it's ridiculous. And then it's so funny when you start to read the other views, as in anyone who's ever reviewed any form of climate change and attempt to talk to people, they're just like, you've no idea how accurate this film is.
1: Yeah, and that's what I love about it is, um, I there's a couple of like. Um... Like sciencey podcasts that I listen to and the frustration in their voices, like these are scientists and they're they're communicators and they have to they'll be put in a debate situation where they have a climate scientist and a climate change denier. Now, the climate change denier didn't go to fucking university to learn how to disband climate science. Like funnily enough, the person endorsing climate change is the one that endorsing it the one that's that's saying it happens is the one that went to uni and went to multiple degrees and does this for a living and then some random vegan no offence to vegans, comes on and says no climate change isn't a real thing and it's like it's the frustration that that's seen as balance so a balanced argument isn't two scientists who have differing opinions, it's an astrologer and an astronomer and it's like no I'm going to listen to the astronomer because that's science and if you don't get that frustration, that's probably why you don't get this film. Um, I think
0: so. Yeah. I I think... I don't know if this is a fair criticism or not, but say a criticism is as a movie, there you know, people are not sure if it works as a piece of entertainment. As a depiction of the struggles mm-hmm. that astronomers and climate scientists are going through. Yeah, it's, it's a documentary. I mean, with, yes, obviously no, with fantastical elements to it, but yeah. well, even... I say fantastic elements to it the, the setting there is a comet coming toward Earth that you said it that's an allegory yeah. I mean that is the melting ice caps that is yeah. you know the Amazon rainforest is you know being depleted and depleted and depleted all it is in the film is it's given this external form yeah which the, is oh we, well we can we can focus on one thing we can focus on a comet that's yeah. you know and that's what the film will look at a comet and humans then, <laughs> kinda it is yeah in so many
1: ways. Um so on the point of it being entertaining and that's that's so subjective. I overall I had a really really good time as frustrated as I was with well this is a bit too close to home. Um I really really enjoyed it. I think the only thing I didn't buy was and maybe this is part of the satire but it didn't quite hit home for me. It was the 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 uh, oh no I'm not just going to keep calling him Leo. That's not his name. Uh rough Mindy. Dr. Randall Mindy. So um it's the it's Mindy's affair and then suddenly being reaccepted by the family. Like that that felt like a 5 year character arc that got condensed into 5 months. It's like leave my wife have an affair be immediately accepted back in and yeah the world is ending blah. That's the bit uh, that felt a bit I I'm
0: not necessarily disagree or dis, dis, I'm, dis dis dising, dis I'm me, dissing I'm dissing I'm dissing your it. goose. Dissing yeah. your goose. I'm yoking your yum. Um, what <laughs> I, I know it's a phrase i heard during the week i love it i'm gonna yuck your yum. what is it everything you say yum to i'm gonna say yuck to
1: i'm gonna yung your yuck
0: yuck well you need a therapist uh i'm gonna yuck your yum
1: oh my mom right got
0: it yum. no you <laughs> yum. good all right everyone apologies this was this was a podcast where I don't look up this has now become a therapy session for ian I will you okay, your let's, yum right. let's talk about this are you okay I'm um, oh, okay that's such uh, a
1: great saying I love it
0: it's brilliant um, so oh right yeah so so the, the, the him being accepted back I think you're not wrong but the context of the scene in which he walks back into the house um, like yeah. spoiler alert he comes back into the house four minutes before the end of the film and the end so, of the world <laughs> So in the context of that scene, I guess I could I I guess I bought the feeling of. Oh, what's 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 the point? point?
1: I get it. It just it it felt like they did your lady dirty a bit. Um, uh, June Mindy Melanie Linsky who I love. She's such a good actor. I love her so much. Um, where like she has some great moments in in the film, and it just I kind of wanted to fuck you at the end. Like no, you can enjoy the end of the world on the street. But for, for the for servicing the film and that final scene, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's so so great.
0: Actually, because I suppose, like, I mean, spoiler. We're talking about the film. Yeah, they don't succeed. The comet does hit. Yeah. Life on Earth gets wiped out. Um, and that's one of the that's one of the anti Hollywood things about this mm-hmm. is that there isn't an Armageddon style destroying the comet. There isn't. Yeah. You know, there 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 is. <laughs> I was I was laughing watching it. One hour into this two and a half hour film a mission does take off from Earth to do that, to go Armageddon on its ass. Literally
1: Armageddon. Like, they they Armageddon so hard, they just cast um, Ron Perlman instead of Bruce Willis. But it is 100% Armageddon.
0: Uh, And it's... And it knows what it's doing. Um, Oh, that's... It's an awesome parody. It's not two
1: and a half hours. It's two hours and 18 minutes. I'm just saying, it's not that long. I shall take
0: my 12 (laughs) minutes and I shall... um, Now, it could have... Where I agree with the critics... Uh It could have been one hour and 18 minutes. Uh, Where I disagree is like that is me falling into the well, you're not really seeing. So I I tell you, spoiler, I have not made up my mind on Mm -hmm. whether this is a good piece of entertainment or Mm -hmm. not. Um, I certainly don't regret having watched it, and I absolutely get the frustration. Mm -hmm. It is a frustrating film, and it's meant to be frustrating. Yes,
1: it's done its job in that sense, 100%.
0: And then maybe if it was shorter, it would be less frustrating because there's less chances or there's less opportunities. Exactly. So in that respect, I, I think it does need the runtime. Mm. Uh, it's not a film I would rewatch. I no, at not, this point in time, yeah, I, totally, very I, I, totally um, yeah. No sweeping statements.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely would um, because there's as well as the the message and the subtext. I think there's more to get from it there's because there's more individual examples of bullshittery that are really really fun that i think you you pick up on a rewatch S- the performances for me are so entertaining it's like leo and um jennifer lawrence just uh, made, made it sound like they were married leonardo dicaprio and jennifer lawrence um they're, they're just they're kind of playing against type like jennifer lawrence will sometimes play like a snarky kind of person but she's like a full-on hippie in this and Leo is so the opposite of a man that has his shit together. It's yeah, great. I really enjoy seeing them play against type.
0: Um, I love as well how he... This is like, they, they really lean into this hard, is that he becomes basically the sexy scientist. Yes. He's on all the talk shows and mm-hmm. he becomes the science advisor to the president because he can do press. Eventually, and, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and then whereas Jennifer Lawrence's character, she's just like, she is the, the frustrated, the angry climate change slash astronomers who are just like are, are you fucking kidding me She's there is a comet <clears throat> who's going to destroy we are go, we, what was it what one of the lines that i was just like oh she really just said that we are 100 percent going to fucking die yeah. <laughs> and they're just like listen you don't really your press junket's it's not going that well we're going to take you off the press junket now it's just like and what? this, she, her, she, and this she, is what she doesn't understand like,
1: it's not about whether i'm good in front of the press or not this is about dying it's like yeah but no you have to be good in front of you have to do both it's it's presidents it's you could have the most well-equipped most educated most experienced person run for president but they're going to lose against tom cruise because tom cruise has charisma like it doesn't matter how ridiculous his opinions are you'll vote for him because he'll be nice to you, rather than the person that like nobody reads the CVs of the presidents, and they fucking should. Um, but this is exactly why this happens in the real world. Like the really passionate people that are advocating for climate change and all of that, and say the scary things. Nobody wants to listen because it's so much easier to put your ears in your head and go, bla, 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 and just listen to whoever else um,
0: is going to tell really you something see slightly you put nicer. put your, your head, by the way. But, Did I, I say ears? You said ears in your head. You just let me carry on as well. <laughs> and I did because you seem so into works.
1: it. I'm going to pull my ears off and then I'm yeah. going to put them in the ear holes that I just created, just Absolutely. to make sure. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, um, yeah, it's exactly why it is- they are poor science communicators because they are they have the passion, but they communicate it in a way that's just it's not effective. And it's why guys like Brian Cox are so so good because they're so calm about the way they communicate end of the world stories. And David Attenborough no. as well. He's just very calm, very soothing. Like this is inevitable unless we do this. There is an option.
0: We are. Let's yeah. look at this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, been, Deep yeah. In the Serengeti. Um, so actually, no. I get to this now in a second. Um, what what you were saying there as well about how things are put across in the film. You know the the Kate Kate Dibiasky because they named the comet after her. Otherwise, that's, that, that's like so many syllables. Um, no. But but yeah. So. Yeah, it's like you know. Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, you know. And but you're the same name as the comet. So are you in <clears throat> league with the comet? the nonsense. And I mean, like, there is absolutely no, like, to call it subtext of the Make America Great Movement. Like uh huh. Yeah. It, it, it's subtext is. I mean, I mean, this this is text.
1: This is just text. It's yeah. th- that is specifically the only bit of the film that I thought was too ridiculous, but then I have heard some dumb things come out of Fox News. Like, I I, that I have... They are so uned, uneducated... Uneducated? Or oh, the irony of getting the word uneducated wrong. Ineducated. You're choking on your own rage here. Fucking hell. Um, this is why I'm a I, bad communicator. Um, but it, that was the only bit that I was like, man, really, like, they think... They're blaming her because the comet has the same name as her and they don't realise it's because she found it. I almost believe Fox News would do that. Oh.
0: I, I, At this stage there's there's very little I don't think is possible like for mm-hmm. example there's the whole it very quickly uh, they they get in the room with the president that takes that's an ordeal they get in the room with the president yeah, the president oh who goodness. Meryl Streep is great crack because she's she's odious in this she's film she's great and, and again like you know kind of like hello my name is president or Leah Rump <coughs> <laughs> who, who am I based on Yeah. and she is the social media star and you know it's all about how she's presented and It would be very naive of us, I think, in this day and age, to think that this hasn't always been a consideration in -hmm. politics. We're just so used to it from the last four years. Exactly. Ronald Reagans, exactly. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, he was a movie star before becoming a president. Mm -hmm. So, um, And then he and his wife directly contributed to the AIDS crisis. And I will never let that go, because no one ever should. Nor should you, Um, yeah. And uh, just in case anybody was wondering, the Reagans are trash. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, back to this film about this trash president. Um, and there is, it so quickly becomes politicized. So, not shocking at all, you have two scientists sitting in a room with the president saying, here, here we have as certain as we can ever give you any statistics. Yes. This is going to happen. And she goes, all right, what numbers are we talking? And Leo says, 99.78% this comet will hit. And Jonah Hill, who is, I think, the president's son, as well as being chief of staff. Correct.
1: Yeah, uh, correct.
0: Goes, oh, great, so it's not 100% then. And then the president goes, cool, call it 70 and let's move on. And then you just have to gradual, like, we as an audience are just like, but, but, what? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this is this is the kind of the beginning of Jennifer Lawrence's, like, descent into, I'm going to stab every one of you. I will go Hunger Games on you yeah,
1: all. I hope this comic does take us out. We are not worth saving.
0: There. That is, it's... It is both a very big message of this film and also there's little peppered bits of hope. Mm. Now, it's not a massively hopeful film, but there is little peppered bits of hope. There is attempts to do things. I think one of the big messages of the film is you need the big players on board. You need to have governments on board, which Mm -hmm. eventually, and also surprisingly early, whatever way you look at it, the American government comes on board for a while um, and then... So I, I was watching the film with uh, myself and John, and we were watching, going like, you know, kind of, this is great. Where's Russia? Where's yeah, China? What are they doing? They do address that. Yeah, they do, like they, they do. They do
1: address. But yeah, it's about hitting the big players in board, but also spinning it in a way that's advantageous to them. So, and that's where us two scientists are woefully naive and inadequate. Like they think that this, the the facts and the information, is all they need. Like they should be able to deliver this news to the president's door and then step away and let them deal with it. And they have that faith in, in government. They only jump on board when it's advantageous to an election cycle. So they're worried about breaking this news so close to a midterm election because it will be blamed on the government, which, yep, somehow I think they're, they're right on the money. And it's only when there's some scandal and they think that this will be a distraction away from that scandal. Hello, coronavirus and and Brexit. <laughs> And I'm not saying that, that the government deliberately introduced coronavirus, but they absolutely focused on on it so so hard to say, hey, don't look at the rest that's Brexit. We're going to focus on COVID. Um, I ju- I genuinely think that Boris probably punched the air at some point saying, thank fuck for this pandemic. Um, but yeah, as soon as it's then advantageous to getting elected, that's when they they back it up and decide to deal with the comet, even though they don't, they still don't care about the comet. It's just a big PR tool.
0: Complete, completely, and utterly. Um, there was um, a, a lot of talk around Desert Storm uh, 2, as Bush's presidency, that mm. the war was started because Americans tend not to vote out their commander in chief during a time of war. Yeah, it's a so it's this a crossover nas- yeah. into the second <coughs> presidency. Oh well, there we go. And there was there was talk. Now it didn't happen. But there was talk. You know, would. A certain one-term president who no longer is president at the moment. Mm. Um, I say that because um, oh, he could come back 100 at any time.
1: 2024. I wouldn't be I'm
0: surprised. Worried. Uh, yeah, never before have I rooted so hard for a comet. Um, <laughs> to take out one yeah.
1: specific man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Just have it. Just have it the size of a pea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and we will stop there before we get shut down by the CIA. And we. And we see that in this film, you're you're dead right there. Is a, a scandal emerges that the president is involved in, and suddenly the American government is putting its full weight behind the attempt. And you have as well. It, it, there's a kind of discussion. Um, Jennifer and Leo's characters are just like great. I don't really care what your scandal yeah. is, but we have so. But that's that's fine. You know I mean yeah. this this is this is a win? do Florence calls him out on it.
1: It's just like I know exactly why you're doing this, but I don't care because at least yeah. you're doing it.
0: <clears throat> I say and it's. And, and there is and this is what I, I mean they sort of like oh great so hang on a little bit of hope going on and then relatively quickly mm. you know we kind of get to a stage where yeah we have a leader in the mission and Leo he's like this this should really be an unmanned mission and someone goes you have to have the Bruce Willis you have to have exactly to yep. you have to have a hero um, and uh, I think even Ron Perlman's character says like, "Oh well, look, look, if this is a suicide mission, we're all going out somehow." To the-, which <clears> it's for great sound story, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah.
1: What's great um, about that is the shift from obviously the manned mission doesn't work. Um, but then well, the sh- wait, no, it well, they it does work. Sorry, they deliberately yeah. abandon it. But the so the, the, the great shift is that yeah, we have to have the Bruce Willis. The only reason they go to an unmanned mission is because of money. And it's just a brilliant... Again, we're not going to listen to the science, but we are going to listen to a trillion dollars. So they, wow. they divert Ron Perlman's um, shuttle at the last second because the best performance of the film in Mark Rylance, um, he's like an Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, hyper hyper tech guru person. Says, hey, this comet, it's it, there's gold in them that are hills and yeah the hill might be coming to kill us but maybe we can farm it for a trillion dollars and instead of this mission that is pretty much 90 well they say 85% likely to succeed they go down to this super risky um, super risky mission for the sake of a trillion dollars it's like it's Vegas and everyone backs it and it doesn't fucking work
0: what would like this is uh, again one of the descriptions for the film is heavy handed and this is heavy handed now I'm not it saying is. it's unrealistic, but where the president is basically called to heel by Mark Rylance's uh, yeah. so Bash Industries, so which is certainly not Apple. Uh, um, it may as well have been like, called Pear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's so funny. It's a you know kind of like you know kind of <laughs> like if if a defamation suit was to be lined up, you'd be like, I think the defense would have a bit of a struggle here. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. I think, I so. think there, there's you know, but you're right, Mark Rollins, Mark he's so off He's so great. Show. He's so it's great. Just, like, I'm he's just like, uncomfortable every time he's on screen. And he just nails it. Mark Rollins is an amazing actor. Mm. And I nearly, nearly initially didn't recognise him.
1: Yeah, he looks a lot different. Uh. The one criticism I've got is that they pitch the character as... And they don't say this, but I couldn't unsee it. Is almost like autistic or somewhere on the spectrum, where... He, yeah. yeah, he can't make eye contact and doesn't understand emotions and whatnot. And then he is the bad guy of the film. So I don't... It, it does feel like... Uh, like Steve Jobs was very charismatic and a, and a great leader. This person is extremely socially awkward.
0: Yeah, did that, that have to end I, up being the villain? I, I, I got that he was very much an archetype for Mox. Yeah. Um, there's no personality here. We're just going to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and yet like again this is one of the the many things that there are so many valid criticisms i think the the again the frustrating thing about this film is that as a piece of entertainment it slips in many places yeah I think as I agree a with that. documentary about how utterly fucked the yeah. world is uh it's pretty on the money yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. it's almost like um, it, in like it's actually it's a great allegory for a <laughs> for it not working so as much as it like it paints Jennifer Lawrence Kate duviasky as the 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 scaremonger and the person that's shouting and saying look everything is gonna kill us that's exactly what this film is doing which it knows that that's ineffective so it's like it and it, is that part of the satire that it also knows that it itself is too extreme to be listened to like if you really wanted to get this message across, you would co-op one of your Fast and Furious films into a climate change thing, because it's going to reach more people, it will be more entertaining, and it might make them think. This is almost too shouty, too preachy, and too in-your-face to do the job that it thinks it's doing. And that might be a beautiful bit of, like, irony, I don't
0: know. It's great. Isn't that hilarious? It's just like, you're kind of like, it's either (laughs) it nails it... Or it fucks it it, it really hard, yeah. And... I think the fact that we were—I think this is a film that I hope this—I'm not finished talking about it by any means—but I do hope this is a film that people will keep talking about because I think as it, it does have the capacity to sort of go, "Oh, that was on." Let's watch the Harry Potter reunion. Well,
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely flipping Now, the reassuring thing is that the Netflix doesn't release exact numbers. Um, it was the second most watch. Sorry, it had the second biggest opening week of any of their films if reports are to be believed so over the christmas period a stupendous amount of people watch this film now i believe that leo jennifer meryl and kate are enough of a pool to think there's enough people in this that i'm going to watch it so i would worry that 75 percent of the audience probably came away saying oh that was a bit shit <clears throat> because it's again it's too preachy with its message
0: but a lot of people watched it so, I mean, it's sort of like, um, to paraphrase, a star is born, naturally, you know, if there's a hundred people in a room, but one of them mm. notices, so, la 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 la, yeah. if a hundred million people watch this film, and yet one million go, maybe we should do something about climate change. Mm. That's potentially being a little bit naive in my upper, I mean, uh, op- optimism there, but...
1: If that one million people are people that can make an influence and make a difference, cool! If it's not, then
0: shit. <laughs> Uh, so, now it's time to bring in... So, I watched... There is a companion uh, sort of uh, 15 minutes video that Professor Brian Cox made about this film, right?
1: Oh, really? It, How have yeah. I not... I referenced him and I didn't know he did this.
0: So, yeah. So, it's on... You'll find it now. It's on YouTube. Um, And oh, he talks yes. through what he... You know, basically, he talks about the science of the film. Mm. And I'm very sorry to say that he says it's accurate. Yeah. So... A comet of this size—that is a planet kill. Yeah. Uh, so he says. A so I'm, I've I wrote down things he was saying because it's like I myself I'm not a scientist.
1: So <laughs> you just play one on a podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so according to Professor Cox, uh, an, a comet of you know or an asteroid of ten to twenty meters in mm-hmm. size has the same destructive power of about fifty Hiroshima bombs. Yeah. This thing is ten kilometers.
1: It's insane. That's bunk. Um And
0: <coughs> so, one of the one of the, the questions asked in the film, which is, "How did you not see this coming?" You know, this, this this ten kilometer piece of rock. How did you not see this with only six months left to go? Now, again, recorded ourselves. Unlike asteroids, comets don't have the same kind of orbits. Think Halley's Comet. Grand that rocks up every yeah you know, seventy odd years, years or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they they can't like inter- like stellar speaking mm-hmm. they can be quite unpredictable in how they you know sort out their courses and how they appear so it's actually quite <clears> accurate <throat> that we might not get that much warning now what's scary mm. about that is that there is a protocol up in place you know for all right what will we do if you know something appears in the sky
1: yeah that government agency exists the one that yes, is yes. looking for these objects
0: mm. now as as Professor Cox says it's like if um, no it's not as it's not as definite as if a rock is headed toward a city we will you know there are plans to like right, do we evacuate do we try and destroy the rock and he says he says sadly the level of response is directly tied into what the economic devastation not socioeconomic economic <clears throat> devastation it's, would it's be it's
1: return and, on investment isn't it if it costs 10 billion dollars to destroy this rock that's going to do one billion dollars worth of damage. Then let's spend some money and evacuate
0: everybody and rebuild. Is the logic? And that is that's exact. That is, that's a really good description. That's exactly the logic. Um, one of the questions put to them is like, right? So how you know we're going to build our our independence and our you know and our discovery and we're going to send Ron Perlman up, and he's like, great. However, currently humanity needs between three and four years to build the kind of yes. ship. That it would take to deflect mm-hmm. or destroy an asteroid. So the question is, great. Well, we better get some of these things on standby and have them sitting there. And nope. he says, well, okay, on that, we don't know how big we need it to be. Yep. So are you, the taxpayer, going to like potentially increase your taxes or know that your taxes are going to or building something that's going to sit in a shed gathering dust that may never be used and maybe
1: mothballed by the next government as well. A- mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we are not that
1: forward-thinking. That's the problem.
0: And and that's uh, and it's just like and uh, you know obviously one of the big things as well of you know the president's reaction. It's like you know initially it's like pff, midterms are coming up. You know no 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 we're about somebody else. And it's this uh, it's this idea of if you go to any world leader. I, I and this is this is not against any single one of them. Right? If you go to any person in a position of power and say, listen, this thing may happen in an undetermined amount of years (laughs) potentially in the future when we're all dust can we do something about it you've already hung up
1: yeah, of course, and that's one of the problems Is one of the problems with the limited the, the fixed term governments so like, a four year term isn't long enough to enact change over 40 years however who wants Trump in power to it for 40 years? Like You have to have a limited amount of time so that they don't have free reign to do whatever they want over that time. But the, the limited terms put so much pressure on the next election cycle that maybe in the first six months is when they can do all of the crazy, sweeping, incredible things they need to do because three years later, when it comes to elections, they'll all be forgotten about. So you've probably got a window of one year to do the important shit. And you can't set anything up that's going to make a big change.
0: That's true. I mean, obviously, because of, say, how it's depicted in the media and what we've all seen, you know, what we see as the last year of, certainly in America, sitting president is spent on the campaign trail. Of course it is. It's, it's pointless. You know? They're
1: lame ducks. They really are. Um... Yeah, you probably get three years, and half of that is. I'd better be careful just in case. Um. Yeah. So frustrating, and I'm not saying that ten year, ten year presidencies yeah. or whatever are the way to go because fuck me, do I not want? Oh, people are dumb enough to elect somebody stupid for ten years, and God knows what damage they can do. But
0: ugh. well, that's it. Like in in, and I've I've been very hypothetically in theory here. It, the, you know the the president for life thing. You know the the Putins, yeah. the Kim Jong Uns of the world. Um you know, they will have the time to look into this and, you know, da da da, da 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 But then, as you say, the problem with that is that the reason we need democracy, and my God, this podcast has taken a left turn, but the reason <laughs> we need democracy is to keep fresh blood coming through, is to keep the system moving. But, going back to what you were saying, the problem <clears throat> with the system moving is that it tends to deal with the now as yeah. opposed to the, you know, the then or the maybes. This film takes the most... I think you know. Bar to to keep it realistic, it's not an alien invasion. Otherwise, no. yeah. like it's the most tangible. Like I mean, it's a big rock in the sky. What else do you need here? And even then, people are just like, nah, it's not there. It's not there. There's um, uh, Mindy goes on um uh, the the same the talk show It's hosted by Kate Blanchett and Tyler Perry. Mm. Uh, the first one is disaster, and this is where Kate goes like, "Are uh, uh, sorry, Jennifer Lawrence is Kate. Be He goes, are, are you kidding?'" Like. Because they're, you know, it's immediate. media circus. They're talking about, you know, yeah. not Ariana Grande, but Ariana Grande's breakup with her boyfriend, who then dials in and, oh, my God, take me back, take me back. And it's all the sensationalism. And this feels silly. This is Twitter. Yeah, it really is. This is headlines, you know? Like, this is how this works. Oh, you're here to talk about your science project.
1: <clears throat> no, we're not. It's, yeah, it's like, oh, man. But like I, before I thought this was a climate change allegory, I thought it was more a COVID thing because I I remember like in October in 2019 when it was all kicking off and it was like, yeah, we're an island, it's fine and we don't need to worry about this and then it would get closer and closer and closer and we just don't plan. We don't plan for things unless they are right on top of us and it's the only kind of hope I have is that New Zealand did like somehow like they're an island as well they have got a huge amount of like land to control but somehow they did it by by closing everything down a lot sooner and getting ahead of the curve now they've got the advantage of the rest of the world being on fire so that's a great example of hey look if we hadn't done this but if the entire world had done that and the cases never got above a thousand everybody would have been criticized for overreacting it was like no, no, no. the reason the cases it. are so low is because we acted.
0: Like, But I you'll never know remember back that. at the start. You'll never prove a negative. Back at the start, I remember myself and my other ideological left-wing friends all were saying, well, I'd rather be the generation that overreacted to them, the one that let it happen.
1: Yes, but no one thinks like that. Nobody thinks like that. Especially when it, pretty much every year, like, we've had bird flu, swine flu. Like, I remember bird flu being, no, which one was it? was it h1n1 that was the one that was scary and people actually that- went and got vaccines for it i think that was swine flu or bird flu
0: because there's actually when you say it, there, was, there was foot and mouth here in ireland there was uh-huh. sars obviously i know sars is umbrella term. yeah sars as the media call yeah that one was a bit scary that, <coughs> that was one. scary say, sorry but it, a bit scary but in terms it was of really saying, scary
1: but it never got yeah. to us I remember, I think it was swine flu or one of them. I actually did make it here and I knew people that, that had caught it and there was a there was a tablet that you could pick up and it would help and you'd be fine. And then, even then I remember thinking, oh, we're just advanced enough as a society that these pandemics just won't happen because we can fight them off. So I think that there was so much of that as well. Wow, we've taken a left turn away from this film. But that's why this film is great and that's why we need films like this because you talk about shit
0: well that's it there, there's a scene uh quite late in the film that is um it's both again massively heavy-handed and yet it is completely emblematic of how particularly let, let's talk to bring it into covid for a second it really sums up the reaction to covid and it's it's that certainly not a MAGA rally but it's that don't look up rally yeah and Jonah Hill's character is there and it's all like you know we're all brute we've got our hats and that's fine and and there's this big, massive crowd of... And I think they are deliberately styled to look like this stereotype of the Magus. Yes. Border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one man in this crowd of however many just looks up. He does exactly what they're telling them not to do. He looks mm-hmm. up and there is a massive comet completely clear in mm-hmm. the sky. And he goes, hold on, you've been lying to us. Yeah. And it's the, it's the symbol for if one person just goes hang on i just want to ask the question i just want to go like basically what's your science on this one to the deniers yeah and then he quite quickly i mean obviously then for in terms of it being a film suddenly the whole crowd turns against uh jonah hill and you know they start throwing stuff at them a line for batman returns i always up. who always brings rotten vegetables to a rally <laughs> someone's you know? ready for it um and it's it's both it's played for comedy and it's such a depressing moment because it's just like all you had to do was ask the question. All you had to do was mm-hmm. look. Because you do, you get the Cape Blanchett's character turns around to Ralph Mindy after everything and goes, People are saying the comet's not real. What do you say to that? No, it's real. <clears throat> yeah, It's there. We, we've seen it. Um, yeah, that's not the debate here. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm reminded a little bit of uh, Flat Earthers and. Yeah. Who, um,
1: they, who have chapters around the globe.
0: They're, they're, they're the gift thing in that <laughs> respect. But. You know, it's kind of looking at, oh, well, you know, how do you know the Earth is a globe? Uh, to quote David Mitchell, how do you know that the Earth is a globe? Because we went up into fucking space and we took a picture of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, but we didn't. We've seen it. We didn't, know, did we?
0: Ooh. <laughs> it's all on well, this I haven't been in, Have you been in space? Oh, I haven't been in space, so uh, I can't prove anything. Yeah. And exactly. it is, and it is... And it's frustrating, and you are frustrated watching this film, because there is so much of, oh, I can see this in that, I can see that in this, yeah. I can see what this character is meant to be, I can see, you know... And again, there's there's no accident in the way characters are styled, we've, we've talked about the, the Steve Jobs-esque character of Mark Rylance, yeah. um, obviously the very Trumpy depiction of the presidency... I object um, to having my
1: name in that word, but... <laughs>
0: I I do you know what? I actually apologize for once. That's that that's how seriously I take that. Okay. Yes. Um and and you know it doesn't work. You know they 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 yeah. they go with the with uh, Bash's plan. are going to because it seems as well. <clears throat> that that's also a point in this film is that realistically you're going to need corporations on your well, because especially, they're the ones who have the money.
1: 100%. Especially since American Mothball... and England's no better cuz we never had a space program. But when when American Mothballed, it's um, shuttle program in I think 2010 or 2009 something like that. It just decided, you know what? Time, yeah. yeah, we're not going to have shuttles anymore because they're too expensive and we aren't going to do this. It, it was then like, well, now it has to be commercial businesses, and they're not ready. I mean, they're, they're more ready than they ever have been. Like, we we can send a shuttle up and then we can land the damn thing again, which is unreal, but. We are relying on the public sector to invest in this and to push our technology forward when there's not a massive return on it yet. Like the reason it's Bezos that's doing it is because he has Amazon money in which to do it with. Like there's no way we're not doing it for exp- exploration anymore. We're doing it for money, and sadly that's what it has to come down to.
0: That's it, and it's because again, it's not specifically named, but the SpaceX um, and all that kind of those those yeah. programs. They're certainly alluded to, and you're right because as soon as we commercialized space travel, first of all, it got a lot smaller. I mean, I know we we don't yes. have warp, so when I say it got smaller, not it's not like we were nipping back and forth to Neptune. No, but it became. You, you said it be- beautifully there. It became less about exploration and it became about how much can I charge for a ticket. Yeah, and the uh, pitch. Right, I'm is... going to go to space. Okay, what's it, what's it going to what's it going to cost? All right, great, exactly. Great. And it's going to be, and that's if nothing. Change that's how it will expand eventually in however long it takes 100 years, maybe less. All right, how much does it take to get to the moon? I want right, to go to the moon for Christmas. How much is that going to cost yeah. me? You know, it's not going to be about I want to explore the center of the freaking galaxy. And again, like my inner Trekkies coming out here, so it's <coughs> not like we have this technology right now. No, but to do it
1: anyway, yeah.
0: That's not what's being pushed for. No, not at it's all. The,
1: it's how quickly yeah. can we get to New York? So the, the way that they pitch these orbital flights now is, well, this will reduce the time to get to New York from Europe to, to New York. You can do it in two hours now because you can go straight up, across a bit, and down. And that's how you're pitching it. I was like, well, that's cool, but warp drive. like, I Going to space is pretty... I know there's not much for us to do in there at the minute, but that's pretty fucking cool. Actually, I wish we didn't need a reason to do this, but we do. We have to have a reason. I almost want a comet to be on the way. I want a comet that is... Ten years out, that will motivate the entire planet to hey, this is bigger than us, and we need to create some stuff to deal with it.
0: But it won't. If it's ten years away, it's the next admissions problem. Yeah, we'll do it next year. So we'll do it next year. We'll do it next year. And that's and and that again, it's it's obviously it's front and centre. The people who act straight away are, you know, the scraggly haired. It's yeah. the ones who, you know, live in the observatory. It's not blood they, they do a, a clever thing. And it's so completely what would happen in real life. Like, uh, oh, what we do? We'll do a concert. We'll do live. Yeah. You know, we'll do, you know, it's has kind got of like, well, yeah, okay. That, that's exactly what would happen. And yeah. the song's a banger. Uh, Ariana Grande and Kid Cootie, they they do the song Don't Look Up. And it's, it's like, you know, some songs have like, you know, allegory and metaphor. This is like, you're a bunch of fucking idiots. Why yep. didn't you look it the fuck up in the sky? You know. So, yeah. Oh, okay. No, totally. Um, and I think I, I might be misremembering this. But I think at one point they got like, you know, kind of like America's failed us. China, yup. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there is a so the very the very end of the film, you say sees Leo and Jennifer Lawrence and Brandon. <clears> <throat> yeah. I completely, I I missed his name after <laughs> credits. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet, uh, Chalamet turns up. In a uh, yeah. weird role, yeah. Uh, and apparently, Joan's even scarier—that's his hair at the time. Yeah, he was he was filming for something else. I was just saying, you know, kind of. Oh, okay, that is very long hair. Yeah. I did not realise his hair was that long. Uh, sorry, not the thing to concentrate on here. And they do—they they go to the Mindy's house for the Last Supper. Yeah, and it's it's very muted because it's it's interspersed with scenes of panic and you know the the kind of the exact thing that you would expect to see. Yeah, well, and on Doomsday because this is it. This is Doomsday. Like, yeah, it's game over. Um,
1: but everything is so and... normal. Like the conversations are so mundane. The as well be talking about like the the bouquet of the wine. Um, as the world is slowly shaking more and more and more and more. And it's that's all you can do when the rest of the world won't listen to you. Hey, fuck it. Like they don't have much option, do they?
0: Leo's last line um, is he kind of looks around the table. We really did have everything.
1: Oh, I love that so much because they could be talking about like the meaning of life and how much they love each other. But they're just having a regular dinner conversation until that line when it just it all dawns on him that, oh, man, we had it all. like And from like in a second, he goes from we invented fire and the wheel to we landed on the moon. I'm like, we had it all, we could have fixed this. It's Such a great way to finish the film,
0: and this is it. And this is where, well, I mean, not that it's been subtle at this moment, but this is where the film looks you in the eye and says, yes. you need to act. Whether you it's can fix this. climate change is the big one, but you need to do something, and it needs to be now, yeah, not in a few years, not after you've boiled the kettle, now, yeah, because you know, that's that's the fear. Like, in, in this film, you don't get the second chance. One space mission goes up because they diverse Ron Perlman, so One mission yeah. goes up and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's it. That that is your one chance gone. Yeah. Because you didn't act. Yeah, they so fight. Right, to avoid this getting too heavy now toward the end, um we then it goes into the end credits. So what don't dominance. you love uh, about the the end credits? What do you I, hate about this so much? I hate Yeah. Because this is where like so the first of the end credits scenes is so you know as was always going to happen, and they make a joke about it. As well, but of course, the president and you know Mark Violence always had an exit. They were never <laughs> going to have to deal with the consequences that, of their actions. That is hilarious they got, because
1: yeah. they all leave. Sorry, they all leave the briefing room. Like Mark Violence leaves first. He's just like, I need to go to the bathroom, and he's like, No, I got to get out of here. They have an escape plane ready to go, but like initially, like Meryl Streep chases after him, just like, Well, what's going to happen? And I was like, No, 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 we need to get out of here. They all leave and accidentally leave Jonah Hill behind, <laughs> and it's not until they're on the plane. But she's like, "Where's Jason?" Oh fuck! <laughs> oh
0: yeah, it's actually it's just like I mean, yeah, and I believe that as a character as well. Yeah, yeah save your just, own skin. Like, uh, and yeah, it's a cryo freezing ship, and because it's like twenty thousand years later, they arrive at next planet, and it's something like a, a crazy, nearly half of the people have died. Yeah, because their you know their cryo chambers have failed or whatever, and it's there the is my brains going. Oh yeah, we. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, okay. Okay, good. And then there was a gag, there was a running gag is that uh Bash, you know, cough 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 Apple Facebook mm. uh, is so accurate in how it knows you and your details yes. that it will predict how you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And it says he says to um to the president at one point, uh you know, you're going to be killed by uh, the name escapes me but something Croc. Um Yeah, I can't remember it either. And it's effectively a make-you-up animal name. And he just goes, "Eh, none of us know what that means. We're all fascinated. So as soon as we see they land on this alien planet and that she has survived it, we're just like, she's about to get eaten, isn't she? Yeah. And she's immediately eaten. And I was just like...
1: It's not possible. Yeah.
0: Not only... Like, yes, you're absolutely right. It's not possible. But it's also... The clever thing about the film is that it didn't do the alien world. It didn't do... It was like, yes, a comic could happen tomorrow. Yeah. And that's why, personally, I struggle very much with this one. And then the second credit scene, uh, which is set present day, so the comets hit. Yeah, and again, it was—it's it, very believable to think that yes, some people will survive this kind of thing. I think the initial impact, yeah, yeah, um, and somehow, I don't mind the fact that Jason survived. Right, that—that's mm. not my problem. Yeah, but then he goes on social media, which is still working yeah. apparently, and says, "Hey, follow me. I'm the last man on Earth." I get that it's meant to be, you're so removed from reality that yeah. this is how you deal with it, but I just thought... Right, I
1: didn't, if there's I didn't enough people stuff. to follow you because you're the last man on Earth, you're not the last man on Earth enough to be worth following.
0: Uh, oh, You're watching my stream. Who is? Who is?
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm fine with them because they're post credit scenes, and as far as I'm concerned, if you put it in the post-credits, it's almost not canon, unless you're Marvel. Like, this is an... It's an afterthought. It's... Ah, uh, isn't this fun? Because obviously, there's no fucking way any program can predict that an alien is going to kill. Like you have to have the knowledge in order for that to happen. That's just looking. That's he invented time travel. Somehow he looked into the future. Yeah.
0: Um, and also his tech doesn't <clears throat> work because we were able to predict exactly how the president would die. He predicted Leo would die alone.
1: Yeah, which is odd, isn't it? Like that. Yeah. yeah, that's. So I think yeah, it yes, might just
0: go. Uh, that just, scene just, just that, away. that That's. So we'll put that on the special features on the DVD yeah a number of DVDs <laughs> um, special features um. but I think overall um, it, it's very good I mean it, it's, oh, I it's, not, it. it's not I a bad it. film as, oh. I, str- I struggle with it as a piece of entertainment I struggle with it as um, again I, I, I struggle to use the word allegory as it grabs you by the lapels slams you against the wall and says are you feeling warm stop <laughs> burning fossil fuels yeah I think it works quite well yeah
1: no, I love it. it. It entertained me. It's a tough watch. It's a great satire. Um, everyone should. Uh, there's no reason to not watch this film. I love it. Oh, I think it's really great. Um, nice! That was great, considering that was quite a last-minute decision to, to cover that film.
0: I like it. It was great.
1: Not something I'd recommend watching on Christmas Day, but Christmas Day is gone now, so watch it.
0: That is true. Yeah, well, now we have, what, 360-odd days until next Christmas Day! Yay! 362 Yay! days until
1: Santa's here. Woo.
0: Oh right. my god, I know him uh, Brilliant, okay, so
1: Wait, no Yeah, <laughs> yes
0: okay so we uh um, so to our lovely lovely listeners thank you so much for all of our support during 2021 myself and Ian, Ian is not aware of this myself and Ian are going to have a strategy plan between now and the next uh podcast because <laughs> we haven't the absolute foggiest what we're going to do for 2022 yeah. it's part of the the thrill of being alive
1: hey tell us if you want us to review a film we'll do it we're probably gonna i I don't know strategy meeting right now newer films we're we gonna do like stuff that's coming out recently and then interspersed with classics. Um,
0: so exactly what we have been doing okay sounds good yeah i like sounds that good. strategy <laughs> 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 it's worked so far yeah um cool uh but yes so if there's anything in particular you guys wanted to see covered on the podcast uh don't forget get in touch get in touch on twitter on english irish gtm uh, obviously you can reach out to either one of us as well i'm doing this now because i for one totally always forget the plugs um no, so we
1: have new plugs at the
0: end of the episode we do, and you will week. hear them, and they will be in every episode. I can't wait! I can't wait to hear them. But just in case, uh, I'm at Sean Farrick and all the socials. Ian has socials, I believe. I have socials at wit's end. Um I'm doing a Star Trek podcast.
1: Go and listen to that as well. Which with Denae from, uh, from CinemaSins. from Cinema I also am from Cinema So yeah, we're doing that a the Star
0: Trek yeah. podcast. Woo! Excellent, brilliant. Uh, while we're plugging, uh, pod. I, sorry, <laughs> uh, bring the damn Release, thing. Yes. I have heard the first episode, it is very good, you will enjoy it. Um, if you like Picard the, actually you'll enjoy you like it Picard. even if you don't. The new season of Euron Crackmate returns, depending on when this episode releases, possibly already has returned. Um uh, Tuesday. So please <laughs> Just don't please commit to that it's two days from now. No, I know that I know that I don't, I don't, Whether um, I might not have hit the deadline I've set myself for Euron <laughs> Crackmate. This yeah. is this is the the fun things we live in. Um and of course don't forget to check out the Clone Star podcast and your you set the tone as well. so yeah, okay. Happy Woo. 2022 everybody. Yay! See you next week. See you next week. Bye, Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our latest episode of the podcast. If you want to stay in touch and stay up to date with us, you can catch us over on Twitter at EnglishIrishGTM. Ian, if people want to reach out to you and find out who slash where slash what you are, where do they find you? If you want to touch me, it's at Whitsin. That's W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. I was fortunate enough to touch this man during the year. Of Speaking of plugs. Uh you can catch me at Sean Ferrick on Twitter as well. Uh, you're all awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.